If you're a pop culture junkie who loves TV, film, music, comedy, and other really important stuff, then you've come to the right place. Get ready and settle in for Classic Conversations, the best pop culture interviews in the world. That's right, we circled the globe so you don't have to. If you're ready to be the king of the water cooler, then you're ready for Classic Conversations with your host, Jeff Dwoskin. All right, Vanessa, thank you so much for that amazing introduction. You get the show going each and every week, and this week was no exception. Welcome, everybody, to episode 168 of Classic Conversations. We're going out of this world for this episode. My guest, Jessica Zor, you love her in the Orville. You know I love the Orville. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows. Jessica Marks III, member of the cast, that joined me on the show. So excited to have her. But Jessica also was in Gossip Girl, Shameless, Piranha 3D. It goes on and on. I, I can't list them all. I won't be able to get to the interview. This conversation is super fun. You're going to love it. I had a great time talking with Jessica, who also hosts, by the way, an amazing podcast, XOXO. If you're into Gossip Girl, she does the recap podcast of that. We talk a bit about that as well. And that's all coming up in just a few seconds. And in these few seconds, these precious moments, I want to remind everyone of last week's amazing episodes that's what I do. I remind you of the last one. Go listen to them all, of course. But last last week, episode 166 with Karen Grassley, Ma from Little House on the Prairie. Amazing episode. Episode 167 with Debbie Wildman. Viral sensation sang as Judy Garland to entertain her friends during the pandemic. Goes viral. Ends up at Carnegie Hall. Now considered one of the greatest, nay, the greatest Judy Garland impressionist of all time. So much fun awaits you. But right now, we're diving into my conversation with Jessica. We're talking Orville, Gossip Girl, and we're going deep, deep into Piranha 3D as well. This episode has everything. Enjoy. All right, everyone, I'm excited to introduce you to my next guest. Loved her as Vanessa on Gossip Girl, Nessa on Shameless, Lieutenant Commander Talakiali on the Orville, host of XOXO, the official Gossip Girl podcast. Welcome to the show, Jessica Zor. What's up? <laughs> Hello, Jeff. How's it going? Great. How are you doing? I'm so well. I'm so happy to chat with you. It's like it was so funny because obviously when you, when you were just listening to some of the things I've done, they're all so different, but I felt like really, we were going to dig into like the Orville of this all, but I like listening to your podcast. I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about all the things and everything with you. You're just, you're a really good host and yeah. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're going to talk Orville. Cause that's, I love the Orville. I obsessed, <laughs> but I always like kind of getting to other stuff first and make sure that we kind of cover some of the other things. Like I totally want to talk about Piranha 3D. I'm really excited. Oh my I'm really excited to talk about. So this is I'm watching. You probably prep when you prep for XOXO. I'm sure you rewatch the episode and all that kind of stuff. And I so like when I'm prepping for this, I'm like I'm rewatching some Orville, and I'm like, oh, Piranha 3D. <laughs> and so I mean, which I've seen before, but I'm like, you know, what? It's, I'll pop up HBO Max. I think that's where it was, and I start watching it again. And of course, my wife walks in when you're doing the body shot on the oh boat God. off the porn star. And uh, my wife's like, what? I'm like, it's research. <laughs> it's research, I swear. You know what's funny? I have a very interesting, funny story about that. 
So I had taken an acting class in LA and one of the parts, something that I took from it, which was interesting, I probably didn't even remember until I was doing that scene was that a lot of times when you're doing a scene with alcohol or drinking, you got to remember what that taste is like, or, you know, how you're sipping it because you're not really drinking alcohol. So whether it's water or lemonade or whatever you choose to put in, you know, in that drink on screen isn't actually tequila. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden it dawned on me. I'm like, you know, was going through the script, you know, that week or whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, there was something that stuck out. Like when you take the shot, really, how does my face look when I take a tequila shot? And we had taken, we had done the, um, scene. And then someone in the crew, it wasn't the actual director came over after we like cut and was like, are you okay? Like, do you need the like, Oh my God, like, do you need like a chaser? And I'm like, no, <laughs> they thought it was real tequila. So I was, I was happy because I'm like, I guess maybe that helped from that acting class. But because when I take a real shot of tequila, it's really not like easy. <laughs> no, there's a reason there's salt and, and limes yeah. and lemon involved. <laughs> Yes. That was also funny that we were on a lake for three months, Lake Havasu in Arizona, and just having to touch up because I have tattoos and we had decided that Kelly wouldn't have tattoos. So the process of that was not as not as long as the Orville for Tala, but it was a lot to make my body look like I had zero tattoos. So I remember after that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I ever want to do a movie where I do cover up all my tattoos in a swimsuit every single day. But I think it it fit for Kelly. Like, I don't think she was someone who would have had tattoos at the time. I agree. If you had had tattoos, I just wouldn't have bought the Kelly character <laughs> at all. <laughs> I would have been like, there's no way. Piranha 3D, is a, it was a really fun movie. And it actually, it did well with the... Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, the the sequel didn't <laughs> to Piranha 3D D didn't do fare as well. But you weren't in that one. But uh, this right. one had an insane cast. It was a great cast. It's such so a fun great. movie. You were amazing. But let's face it, Jerry O'Connell probably deserved an Oscar for that. I mean, Jerry O'Connell was so funny and so ridiculous and so that guy and so on point. But you know what I think they really did across the board from the directing like lens and the cast and the music just everything what they did is they it was what it was they were like it was campy and they were letting it be that and they weren't trying to make it something different and i think because of that it like worked so like the stuff that was over the top and ridiculous was over the top and ridiculous and the stuff that was sexy and wild and weird was sexy and wild and weird and gory and scary and you know it was like all the things and it was just we were letting it be what it was so i just felt like it worked for that I agree. It was great. It was uh, Alexander Aja. Is that, yeah, he was Alex the director, Aja. right? He had redone The Hills Have Eyes. And mm. so, but yeah, it was, it was the perfect combination. And the cast was Elizabeth Shue. And then you even got Richard Dreyfus. Jaws 2 couldn't even get Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> I mean, and the doc, we had the doc we had. I mean, it was, it was a nice group of people to be surrounded with and work with. And yeah, he, Alex, from like his view and just again, letting it be what it was without trying to go too far one way or the other, or just going that far. You know what I mean? Even with the gory, they like got there and went that far. And it was like, they knew where to push the buttons and, and go and where to kind of just let it be. And I, and I really enjoyed that. It was also kind of like fun to just be on a boat and like have a suit for a couple months. And it was wild. And it was also crazy because around that time, Steven, who played my love interest, he was going to do, he had just picked, got vampire diaries. So, and he plays now my best friend, Nina, he was 
playing her little brother on the show. But it was funny because then we were both like a part of the CW family where, which was also a really great time in our lives. But um, it was just wild, like super small world, our industry. Like all of a sudden he's going to go do a vampire show on the CW that Gossip Girl was on and play a girl that I didn't know at the time was going to become such a dear friend of mine's little brother. And, you know, then we're doing upfronts together and press around the world together. <laughs> and we met on this little campy, gory movie on a lake in Arizona. <laughs> it's, well, that's, that's a great story, though. That's awesome. Well, it's fine since you brought it up. So uh, Nina Dobrev, did I say that right? Uh-huh. So yeah, I just I was thinking of you just the other day because I was like, with your podcast, XOXO, there was a little blurb on my phone that said Nina Dobrev reveals she and her ex broke up over her vampire diaries role. Right. And it was broke and that story broke on Jessica Zor's XOXO podcast. <laughs> I feel like someone else <laughs> told me that and I don't even really remember her saying that. We talked about so much, but I don't even really remember. I, I mean, I guess maybe. I don't know. But I, I just mean, thought I just thought it was cool that it was like Forget that. I don't care about Nina's story. I just, <laughs> I just thought it was cool for you that it was like they sourced your podcast because that's always my dream is like somebody would read something. Oh, Jeff Dwoskin broke, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thought that was cool. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, but Piranha 3D was fun. And Adam Scott, um, spoiler alert, if you want to turn it off for a second, Adam Scott gets killed at the last second. Yeah, my God. Him too. <laughs> How great is he? He does. And you'd kind of like, you don't see that coming, no. you know, obviously, because it's like so dramatic and major and yeah, it was wild. I remember the premiere for that too. There was just so many different execs and really wonderful producers and filmmakers from, you know, way back in the day to, you know, and it was just so interesting to see because I think everyone was so excited to see this remake, you know, from the seventies and what these producers that we were working with were going to do. So it was quite interesting, like the very different variety of people that came to that premiere. Like I, it was like shocking. I'm like, I didn't even, I can't believe these people are going to watch me and I can't believe these people are going to watch us and see what we brought to life. But it was, it was very cool. It was very um, interesting. And it's, there's been so many people throughout my career that are like, that's one of my most favorite movies. I'm like, what? That is wild. The gore is a little hard, but yeah, but it does. It's like, I, I think it actually was supposed to like play at Comic-Con around that time. And I think it got pulled. I mean, don't quote me on this because I this was years ago, but I think it got pulled because of how gory it was, which now it would be fine there. But at the time, I think it, they like literally were, were like, yeah, we don't know about this. Right. And then it was funny because I remember the promo pic I was reading. It was like they have a promo pic of you that never was. It's not in the movie. Where it's like you're like no one's gonna be able to see my face, but you're all like and like underwater, the, yeah, underwater, and the and the and like in the in the piranha right there. But Joe Dante directed the first one. James Cameron directed, I think, Piranha Two, the original Piranha Two. So this comes from a long line of a very famous thing. So anyway, that was that was fun to revisit. Thank you. Don't yeah, watch anyone listening. Watch Piranha 3D, but do not watch it while you're eating. This is not a watch while you're eating type movie. No, definitely not. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to take a quick break and thank everyone for their support of the sponsors. When you support the sponsors, you're supporting us here at Classic Conversations, and that's how we keep the lights on. And now back to my amazing conversation with Jessica Zor. So you made that like during season two and three. 
of uh, Gossip Girl. So you're like, you were the hottest thing going. It, this is like, you're riding high. And then, right, at this time, I, I got- mean, I don't remember if it was, it was definitely between seasons because we we were doing at that time, 22 episodes. So it was like nine months a year. So we only, we had a short window to either do a film or travel or go like shut off for a minute. And it was like literally within days, I was like back to New York. So I do, I do, it was definitely between seasons, but I, I think, I guess maybe two and three, maybe. Well, I'm, I don't know. You're really I'm, bringing me back right now and I'm liking it. Well, I'm quoting you and my source is either a Teen Vogue 2010 shoot that I saw on <laughs> YouTube or a <laughs> self.com kind of workout thing you were doing, a playground workout thing. And one of those, you're like, yeah, between seasons two and three, I shot Piranha 3D. I'm like, because that's where you find all the good information, like all the that's old things. It. I guess I said it. Yeah. yeah. Then it was then. So. So, yeah. I, we And it couldn't have been more different. Like we were filming in this, you know, in New York, in the cement jungle. And it's this fashion world. And, you know, it's TV, 22 episodes. So it's much different than going and shooting a beginning, middle and end of, you know, three months, one location. I mean, for the most part on the lake. But it was also a good little change and a nice little, you know, in the desert heat on the water. It was fun. It was cool. And then, then went right back into season three, I guess. <laughs> My daughter, Emma, was so excited. I'm like, you're talking to Vanessa from Gossip Girl? Oh, like, Emma. Hi, Emma. <laughs> I said, tell me, tell me about Vanessa. This is what she wrote. She was from Brooklyn, so not bougie, like the Upper East Side people. And was childhood best friends with Dan, who was also from Brooklyn and was in love with Dan. But Dan was trying to be with the most popular girl from the Upper East Side. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it. She knows it well. Emma, you're dialed in, girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, Vanessa was like this girl from the other side of the tracks who didn't live in this like glamorous Upper East Side. Daddy bought it. I got it kind of world. These very overprivileged wealthy, uh, sparkly, fancy, a lot of, um, I don't want to say family issues, but a lot of things that they're all going through. What I liked about Gossip Girls, they took things that kids go through, heartbreak, divorce, fitting in, losing someone in your family, things that aren't, you don't have to live on the Upper East Side to go through, but they kind of place it in that world. So it's a little bit glamour. You're not glamorized, but like, you know, it's, it's bigger and crazy, but you know, it's, it's, it's a show. So there's, it's entertainment and, you know, they want to do stuff for shock value and all that. But I liked some of the lessons and the things that you do learn. And I'm, I really didn't remember all that from when we were filming. I'm really learning that from doing this rewatch with the podcast with XOXO. So when I'm going back, I'm like, I never realized how like this storyline or what I'm feeling now. And now I'm a mom and I'm removed from the show and playing an alien on the Orville. So it's a very different. So I don't know if it's because I'm in such a different place in my life that I'm like, whoa, Gossip Girl was trying to say this and now they're doing that. You know, I also like didn't real realize some of the things that I like that got on my nerves about Vanessa, like Vanessa's always going to the Upper East Side and like hooking up with these guys, but she like can't stand that world. So I'm like, go back to Brooklyn and like live your own life, girl. But she's like always up on the Upper East Side, which is very irritating to me at times. But I'm also like, chill. It's a TV show. You'll be fine. <laughs> You're fine. Is it fascinating kind of with the XOXO podcast to, to relive all this? Because I mean, you're in a completely, like you said, different part of your life right now. That was a bit ago, right? And so your whole perspectives are different. And plus, some of it may have been happening, you know, sometimes when things are happening while they're happening, you're not as aware of them in the full. Yeah, life. I mean, yeah, for sure. At the time you're reading the scripts and you're, you know, diving into what your storylines are and knowing what's all going on because you're reading it and you're there. 
I think, yeah, just being at a different stage in my life, a different age, you know, being a mom is a very, is very different than me being 22 years old, running around New York city on this show that like kind of changed all of our lives at that time. So yeah, watching back is like very interesting to me. Like a couple episodes ago, I was like furious with Blair and Serena. I'm like, who the hell do these girls think they are? Yada, yada, yada. And then like at the end of the episode, it was like this adult teacher that like really caused it on. I'm like, oh my God, because I'm forgetting like some of the storylines. I don't, I don't know or remember what happened. So it's been really fun. Um, Also having a lot of the guests on that, like I either haven't talked to in a while or like I didn't have scenes with. To like kind of break down like what they're what they were going through or what the challenges were or um, how much fun we had, you know. Uh, so, yeah, the rewatch has been great because I've it's really making me watch the show for the first time. That's awesome. I never watched before. Yeah. So everyone listening can get your Gossip Girl on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> right from the opening. You know, you love me. XOXO Gossip Girls. It's a great name for the podcast. So wherever you get your, wherever you're listening to this podcast, just hop on over to XOXO with Jessica. You can never get enough Jessica. All right. Going backwards in time uh, for a minute. Six years old, you start modeling. How did you get, were you like discovered at a Toys R Us or something? Like someone's like, hey, look at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or is your mom like, like was it in the family? Like how, how at six did you get into the biz? Um, I, my mom was very young when she had me. She was 19. 19 pregnant with me, 20 when she had me. And I guess some people had stopped her. I don't really remember at the time. I remember like, you know, starting to model for Kohl's department store in Milwaukee. And then when I was 10, we, you know, kind of started working in Chicago with like Sears and JCPenney's and stuff like that. But I think someone had just told my mom, you should really bring her in. I had this really curly wild hair. And I think someone once was like, that would be great in a commercial or something along those lines. And my mom took me into an agency, Arlene Wilson at the time. And then I just kind of started modeling and my parents were taking it one step at a time, but I think they were kind of thinking, oh, we can kind of save this money for her for when she goes to school. And then when I was around 13 or 14, like eighth grade or ninth grade, an agent in Chicago had asked me to um, come out to LA. And my parents are like, one, we can't afford it. Two, I had other siblings. And, you know, me being like a you know, freshman or around that time, I, I couldn't comprehend. I'm like, why? This is so cool that this agent wants us to go out there. Like, so I was kind of like upset about it. But the weird thing was I didn't have this like crazy passion to go and like be an actor because I'd never really acted. I'd done commercials, which is I think it's acting, but it's a different thing. It's like going and being wild and weird in like 30 seconds. You know, I'm not like getting into character and, you know, breaking down a 150 page script. But I enjoyed the entertaining or making people smile. So there was something in that. But then what happened was, is there was an audition for Star Wars, Princess Leia. And I had not seen them at the time. My dad was is obsessed with them. And whatever it was, I got a call back. So they flew my mom and my dad and I out to L.A. So this experience, along with an agent wanting me to come, was having me very fired up. So when my parents told me no, I was like, what do you mean? But when I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking at 13? <laughs> but basically went back. This is actually really funny. Went to the callback. It was de- like list was shorter at this point. I'm not going to say it was two people, but I think it was like less than 10 or something wild. And my dad was super pumped and went to go. You know, they had one girl go in and another girl come out, another girl go in. And we were there for hours and they had like things like crayons and markers for us. And this at this point, this was when I was 10. 
So it wasn't at the 13, but I remember this experience when this agent wanted me to go. I'm like, LA was nice and there was palm trees. But I remember being 10 because it was around Christmas time. I was in fifth grade and I wrote, Jesus is the reason for the season. And while we were waiting for the two hours before I had to go back in the room, I made a card for like the 12 people in there. And I went in and I handed all the cards to everyone that had like Christmas trees and saying, Jesus is the reason for the the season. George Lucas is in there. My dad's tripping outside in the waiting room. And then a little bit later, like a casting associate or a casting director came out and kind of that had asked like, who's with Jessica? My mom was like, we're right here. Why is something wrong? And this casting associate or director, I producer at this, I mean, this was when I was 10, I'm 37. So it was, this was years ago, but they basically said, we just want to say, wow, it's very refreshing. You're not like a stage parent because almost everyone in the room is Jewish. And she just wrote, Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's my part of my audition story for Princess Leia. And part of the reason that I was like, I liked the audition process for that. I liked being in LA. It was, it was also just different. I was a girl from the Midwest and I'm being flown out with my parents to be in LA, you know? So that kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And then when I was a senior in high school, I just decided to do it. I just went. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, I finished high school, but I went, yeah, at just turning 18. So do you, do you feed your kids Quaker Oats? Oh my God. (laughs) That's so funny. Actually. Yeah. The Quaker Oats oatmeal. Yes, I do. That's so funny. That was my first national commercial. Wow. You really do your research. Well, I was looking for the ad. I didn't find it. I, you know, it's funny. I talked to somebody who in the 1950s did a carnation ad and he's like, Oh, it's in a life magazine. And he told me which episode or which, uh, issue. And so I found it on eBay sent it to him and he autographed it for me and sent it back. So Aww. I love like, so I was like, oh, this would be cool to find. And so, but I did find what I believe is, at least it looks like you, it's a tent, you know, a gif of you kind of going, you know, just smiling. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Send it to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, uh, <laughs> so, okay. So then how did you get word about, because Gossip Girl is like where you kind of blew up, right? You, oh, wait, no, first, my wife and kids, that was one of your first things that you did, right? Big first yeah. TV show. Yeah, I went out. That's when I was like first in L.A. And that was like a guest star spot. I played like a DJ at the prom. Um, Super fun to work with that family. The Mar- I mean, like and then Tisha Campbell, all the Waynes. Like it was that was really fun. And it also made me kind of miss home a little bit because all the cousins and all the brothers and everyone were there. And then not only just the family, like the family that they all had on set. And I was like, wow. And all my family was in this small town and I was missing my siblings and missing my friends because I graduated at early. So I remember being super grateful that I would booked my wife and kids. But also I was like, I really homesick. Because as much as I was on a set with all these people and it was really like awesome to be a part of it, I was missing what the only thing I knew, which is my family and my hometown. So I got real like I was like kind of feeling like I needed to go home for a minute. I like remember calling my mom. I'm like, I'm super blessed and happy, but I'm like missing you guys. And then there was also the thing of like, and if anyone is in entertainment, like, I'm, you know, this, like you're told no way more than you're told. Yes. Yeah. So you can audition a hundred times and not get a job, but then you finally get to one that, you know, works and that then it all makes sense. And so I remember my mom was like shortly after that was going to come out and I thought fly me home for a little bit. And she kind of was like, Nope, you need to stay and push it you know, push through this. And, and I guess her point was, is that when things get hard, the easiest thing is to run from them. And, um, I'm really happy that she did do that because I couldn't picture my life any, any other way right now. And I think everything happens for a reason, like me meeting Brad, which has nothing really to do with the entertainment industry, but also then having Bowie 
you know, it, everything in my path had to happen for me to be where I am today. And I'm super grateful for that and super blessed. But anyways, yada, yada, yada. Um, I ended up staying. And then like two weeks later, I, uh, was still kind of in a funk. Like I still miss my family, but my friends came to get me, took me to a barbecue. I had no idea where we were. We were having margaritas, making burgers on the grill. There was like six of us there. And two days later, my manager called. She's like, where were you this weekend? I'm like, I went to a movie. I went to a barbecue. Why? And she's like, and I didn't want to go to this barbecue, by the way, at the time, my friends were like, you're coming. I'm like, eh. And it happened to be the creator of Gossip Girl. So they sent my managers the sides for me to audition, audition that Wednesday. There was like a debacle about like, if I looked like the girls on the show, if my hair, you know, then we showed hair pictures of my hair curly. And then I was on a flight like that Thursday, a fitting Friday. And I think filmed like shortly after that. It was wild. That was like a wild situation. (laughs) That's awesome. No. Yeah. And then I was supposed to do two episodes and stayed for like four seasons and Loved very much, very much loved New York and working on that show. There was like a lot of great experience, a lot of challenges and learning because it was a very wild time. But nonetheless, I really was very blessed and had a great time. Thank Jesus for the season. (laughs) Jesus is the reason for the season. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to interrupt this amazing conversation with Jessica Zor, but we have to take a quick break for our sponsors. And we're back with Jessica Zor. Oh, you know, you know, when I was talking to BJ Tanner, he mentioned Damon Wayans was very inspirational to him. He worked with him on Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. And he mentioned that Damon had given him some really great advice um, when he was starting out. So very cool. That's cool. That family knows. They know what's up. I know. That's that's an incredibly uh, talented group of folks there. So, all right, let's talk Orville, because I know we only got okay. a little bit. One important question, which is, is the ear under your hair on the right side? I'm sure I'm guessing everyone asks, but like, I got to know. Is it like- Okay. That? What's really funny about that is because you can't see it at all. You actually can never see the ear. Wait, my pony goes to the right. Yeah. Under my right ear. But yes, there's an ear there. And we, Seth and I talked about that with hair and makeup in the beginning when we were figuring out Tala's hairstyle. And one, it kind of did feel like uneven if we didn't do it. I could have managed to not have it, but we were just like, I don't know. And I think Seth and his vision, he was like, let's just have it because it makes more sense if it's there. And we're like, okay. So yes, there's an ear underneath the wig on the right side. I was just like, part of me is I was just, I just, it was driving me. I just wondered because it was like, it doesn't have to be there. And you think no, like, oh, then you'd have to like deal with it pointing because it's pointy. So it has, you know, but all right. All right. Well, now that we've got that mystery solved, I, I'm curious, like um, you came into the Orville, which by the way, just is, is hands down one of my fav- favorite shows. I love the Orville. I'm obsessed with it. It's, uh, it's awesome. So I'm curious, like, how was it coming in though, replacing such a popular character, right? Uh, I mean, I think she's so rad. I think she's so dope at what she did with the character. And I just never looked at it like that. I was just kind of like, you got to come in and do your, do your job, do your work. And I like that we're from the same planet, but there was very different things about our characters, which I also like, but it, but again, it, it, it was someone leaving the show and, and a new one coming on. So there is like some sort of level of replacing. I don't like using that. Cause it's just like, I think it was just something different, something fresh, but I think she came on, made noise and left, you know, people loving her and wanting more. And I think that was rad. And then I think it was just my time to come on and do my thing. So I don't really like using the word replacing. Well, but, I, you're right. It was a bad word. I mean, she left oh, the show. For you, then, you as you asking oh, me, yeah, I yeah, but, for me, it's like hard because I'm, I like, 
her, I like her as an actor on the show. I like what she brought. So it's just like a weird thing for me to be like, but it, it, and I mean, if you break it down, that's what it was, but, um, I get, I just tried not to look at it that way or then you're, I'm like kind of taking away something I'm trying to do if I'm, you know, so I just had to go on and be what Tala was and bring to the table what, you know, what was on the paper and what was asked of me and the best of, to the best of my ability. But what's wild is her and I both auditioned for Alara. We got down to both of us, which I don't know if people know that. Um, we tested opposite opposite each other. And uh, I did not know that. Yeah. So when I found out I didn't get, I was like bums. But then when I got the call a year later or whenever it was, and they're like, listen, you are still on our mind and we want to, you know, kind of change a little bit of, you know, what character would come on if, while she leaves. And so, yeah, it was nice because it was, it was a different thing from what I had initially the year before auditioned for. And, and I think it was right. I think Tala really brought a cool little flavor and I really enjoy playing her. She's obviously very different from, from anything I've done before, but from not even just the hair and makeup, but like coming from being a Salean and coming from, you know, her background with her family and then being on the ship and just all the things that the Orville is talking about and bringing to life in this space world is really radical to me. And so, yeah, I've just, I enjoy it very much. They had the topics that Seth covers is incredible. That's what makes it so such a compelling show to watch. I mean, it's like very compelling. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like you open up and it's it's about suicide. The first episode's about suicide. You get you dive in a little bit later and it, there's an episode about bullying. There's an episode about changing your sex, not feeling right in your body. I mean, just like it's very beautiful. And the crazy thing is, is like I would sometimes get like a little bit into like the script. You know, I'm at page 20. I'm like, where is this going? You know, like what? I don't you know. And then all of a sudden you get to the end. And you're like, holy shit, this is wild. And I also they were all very, the network set, everyone was very stern about not letting anything get leaked or not taking photos on set. So you couldn't see the background, whether it was on somewhere on the spaceship or, you know, something on our uniforms that have changed where fans would know. And I remember thinking at one point, this is getting crazy that like, like no one's going to know anything from taking a picture in this hallway or no one's going to know anything, you know, if they see this. But I think it's so beautiful and wonderful that we uh, that nothing was leaked or no one knew anything because I think that was also really so dope about the show that you're watching this and you no one knew what what journey we were going on especially because it's a very different tone than the first two seasons. Oh, it's a, it's it's funny because I watched season three having not watched one and two for a while because there was that time and I loved yeah. it. I'm like, oh, this is great because the, the way they think they adapted the humor and just it's a much more serious show, but the, the humor is there, but it's just more, I felt more grounded. Like, yes. What, and, but then rewatching season one and two, which I still love, it was, I could see where if someone's going straight through binging right now, it'd be a little jarring. It's very different. The, I mean, it's the so qual- yeah, the quality of the writing and stuff like that is like all the same. And the stories is still deep, even though they add those layers of humor. But yeah, wow, I, this is definitely where it needs to be, though, in terms of moving forward. I hope they get a season four. Not going to ask because I assume you don't know. But. Well, we don't. And I mean, I think we all have so much fun doing it. And let, and again, like the scripts are so wonderful. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. We don't know. <laughs> oh, wait. OK, wait. So I was watching. I found this clip. You were on like KTLA five or something. It's February, 2019. 
So they're having you on. I'm guessing you had just probably recently come on the show, but they show a clip of Halston Sage. Okay. <laughs> Do oh it like God. you're like like in a quick snippet of it, but she's like arm wrestling someone. And then the woman doesn't know because you're both slaying and you have the ears and all that, you know. And they're like, Oh, what was it like to arm wrestle? And you're like, and then you you answered it, but it was just I'm watching it and I was like, Oh, this is really funny because they're showing the wrong person. They didn't they didn't even realize. But why did I answer that? Well, probably because, well, what else would you do? <laughs> you probably, Maybe you didn't even see I mean, that. I definitely didn't do the arm wrestle thing unless I was talking about like in my real life. But I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, you were like, I don't know. You were like, you said something like you, you played it off like you. She probably meant something else. You're like, oh, maybe I'll, I don't, I'll, I'll send you the clip. It was Send funny. it to me. I was, well, what's I, funny. Yeah, I guess I would have. But yeah, because Tala never did an arm wrestle. No, no, it was definitely uh, a <laughs> Lara. No, because also in this season, though. There's another arm wrestling thing. Oh, right. With Isaac. Yeah. But this is, yeah, uh, yeah this was, this would have been years ago. Uh, years this ago. Was yeah. That's was so later. funny. And then, yeah, be- I must have not heard or seen, I definitely didn't see the clip because I would have just, you know, I know. <laughs> made a joke of it or something. <laughs> and BJ Tanner kind of ratted you out is like being able to just zonk out. He <laughs> got Missy, Miss Jessica is wonderful, but she's always just falling asleep. <laughs> Who said that, Scott? BJ. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, no, because (laughs) when I get into the makeup chair, I put my robe on, I have a little stool for my feet. I recline the chair and I fall asleep while they do all of my prosthetics and beauty makeup. I wake up for them to put the wig on and then I go back for them to put the, um, they have to put the wig on the ear. So yeah, I fell asleep. But but listen, if my call times are five 30 and six in the morning, I, I like, I was happy I could fall asleep, but you have no clue. Like there'd be like music and people talking and blow dryers and like air, like airbrushing. And I would just be out like out in the makeup trailer. <laughs> and then Peter Macon told me a story. And then I was reading that maybe it was you that you bumped into him out of makeup and you're, you didn't even know who he was. No, because the first couple of weeks on the show, I only saw him as Bordis. So I was like walking to my car once. And I think he was like, bye. And I kind of looked at him and I, I said, bye. But I was like, the way he had said it was definitely like I had known him. And I'm like, he's like, it's Peter. I'm like, Bordis, Peter. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, whoa, it's wild. Oh, that's so funny. Well, it's also a crazy thing. Cause if you meet someone, when you meet someone, the first time you meet them, you kind of that kind of is in your mind, even if you get you around them a lot or see a ton of different sides of them or whatever, you know, that the first initial thing is me was Bordis with him. So it, it took me a while to like not have <laughs> Bordis and Peter in my mind. Your cutaway line is funny with the mustache when he looked at you. Wow. <laughs> Just, <laughs> you're funny. Yeah. Oh, so you had kind of a Gossip Girl reunion on the show as well. Blair, right? Blair was on. Uh, Layton, yeah. Yeah, Layton, right. And, and she uh, played Blair in Gossip Girl. Yep, wait, I'm sorry. Out. That's what I, was, I was trying to be cool and, and reference her Gossip Girl name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Layton Me- Meester. Yeah, so she was in two episodes, two of the really great episodes, by the way. The one with the, the iPhone where um, Scott Grimes' character kind of falls in love with her. But then Twice in a Lifetime, which is the time travel episode, which I think everyone talks about because you had to be one of the kind of the, the tough person to tell him that I was watching that twice in a lifetime when you guys are trying to. So what happens is uh, one of the characters goes back in time. He's not sure he's ever going to be rescued. He ends up having a family, which is against planetary rules or, you know, the planetary reunion rules. He's supposed to just stay incognito, but, you know, risks the timeline, has a family and the family. It's a, it's a sequel episode to the, that iPhone episode where uh, 
Leighton. Um, <laughs> and Scott kind of, Scott falls in love with Leighton's character. And so he actually goes back and meets her. And then they have a family. And then Jessica goes back as uh, a lieutenant commander now. Congratulations, by the way, on the promotion. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And they have to tell him, like, we have to take you back. And it was just a heart hits you right in the heart. I mean, I, that was like one of the most, that was one of those episodes that just tore me apart. Wow. Yeah. Cause there's so many layers to it. It's like he has a job and a duty to, you know, where he gives his word and has to do something. But then when you're in love and there's a family involved, there was like a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of opinions on that, on how that ended. But to that being said, I love working with Scott so much. He's hilarious. And then having Leighton on for those two episodes were awesome. I, the first one she came on is one of my favorite episodes of all of, because I don't, well, one, because it was just, I love working with her, but two, I love just the whole concept of like going in, remember the time and it was like a pack of cigarettes. It was like a cell phone. We all were like, what's a us weekly? What's a pack of cigarettes? Bordis gets addicted to smoking cigarettes. Like him just walking around the ship smoking was like, I was dying. It was just such a wild episode, but so, so fun. Yeah, I love that episode. And, you know, Scott Grimes can sing. Oh, my God. And, like, I found a clip of him. Maybe he's, I'll say 10. I don't know. But, like, singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow on YouTube when I was just plant messing around. I love when Seth hasn't sung yet on the show. And I know he has a great voice, but everyone else seems. That's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, crazy because he's such a good singer and loves to sing. And his Christmas albums is one of mine and my mom's favorite. But uh, yeah, I guess he's never sang on the Orville, which is kind of wild to me. I know, but Bordis has now a couple of times. Bordis, Annie came on, you know, Charlie, Scott, Gordon. I mean, you know, Leighton came on and sang. Yeah. Adrian sang. sang on the Orville. Yeah. Adrian sang uh, karaoke. Okay. So in twice of a lifetime and twice in a lifetime, the other thing that the setup, there's a funny setup where you give uh, Jay Lee a massage at the end of that episode, right? And so, yeah. And then now in the earlier episodes, before you joined the Salan with Halston's character, they always joked, or it was a running joke, how she couldn't maintain a relationship. With you, they took it to another level. <laughs> <laughs> Ever, man. Holy crap. <laughs> so you've given uh, John J. Lee's character uh, a massage in twice in a lifetime and everyone on the speaker is hearing and it sounds like you guys are having sex because it's just such a good massage. But then you do take it to the next level. You do take it to the next level. And it is the funniest stuff. Him just you inadvertently kicking the living shit out of him. <laughs> Slayers <laughs> are super strong for anyone who's going to catch up on the orb. They're strong and they can't. They're, yeah. But here's the funny thing. And this is why, again, I'm, I've probably said this a couple of times here in this episode, but that's what I love about the Orville. Like when I was starting to read that, I'm like, where's this going to go? I certainly didn't think it was going to be that they're not going to be able to hold a relationship because of Tala's strength, but that's essentially what it is. But I also really like her and John together, but I also don't want her to hurt him physically like that. You know what I mean? And that's the hardest thing is, is she's like, she doesn't want to, but there's nothing she can do because of her strength and because of the gravity of the planet that she's from. So it's it's insane. <laughs> it's just so funny. But the macho and the, the machoism of John Jay Lee and like going into the, you know, to see the um, you know, Dr. Finn and like not saying what it was. And like I think there was a scene where he spits out teeth at the end after you've already sworn each other off. It's just so funny. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And so he funny. just played that so well too. Oh yeah. It was, it's, he's a hilarious. They're all great. I mean, the entire cast, that's what makes it so great is like each one of you brings like this amazing, like just kind of piece to it. And then like all together, you guys are all 
just amazing. You guys all play together really well. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. It's like making me like, well, because two, it was taking between like, we d- we worked on season three for a long time. Like the pandemic happened and um and trying to, you know, have a safe environment and still get the the season done. It we were we, you know, it took years. So we got to really like bond and have such a wonderful time. That's awesome. Deflectors was a great episode too, where you got you got to kiss a Mocklin. But uh oh that was a powerful yeah. episode too, though. It and like, was. that was another one of those episodes where you telling off Clyden at the end. Yeah. Oh God. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's crazy because there's, I've, I explained that when people are like, well, what's the show about? And I'm like, you kind of got to watch it. Cause it's your sci-fi, but it's not your typical. And the things we talk about and touch on, like, I'm like, there's an episode where there's a planet where you can only like mail on that planet. And one of these characters ends up kind of falling for my character, but I find out like, I'm like, why are we hiding this? And he's like, because it's not okay for me to like women. So I kind of explain that and people are like, wait, what? And I'm like, I know it's not like your typical sci-fi, sh- you know, it's, it, you got to watch it. It's, it's not like, and it's kind of not what you see is what you get because even in the little trailers and teasers, you, you're not really seeing, obviously you're not seeing the whole thing because it's a teaser, but nowadays, a lot of times you watch a trailer for two minutes and you're like, you can kind of pick up a lot more. Seth didn't do that with this, which I think is very smart and great. But that's why I'm like, you guys have to give it a chance. If you wouldn't watch it, you should. And if it's something that's in your like what you like, it's, you're going to love it. Right. Seth, uh, Seth approaches science fiction like science fiction of the old day, like what Star Trek did in the original Star Trek. The, the episode you're talking about, it's it's a male society. Males love males. Right. So if a male loves a female in our terms on Earth now would be he would be a homosexual. That's because he likes the wrong quote unquote, the wrong sex as society dictates that. So their society, that is. So with him, Lokar, I believe his name was, falling in love with you. And then, you know, Clyden disliking it, the other character, is because he's being ostracized because he's gay, you know, basically. But the way it's framed, the way Seth does it, it's brilliant because it's like, Oh, you know, people who would be watching, not really paying attention, go, hey, a man liking a woman, but it's not working out and not even thinking like, oh, this, you know, what I mean, that's the parallel they're making. It's like, I just, he's amazing. You're amazing. Yeah, Everything's because amazing. It you, yeah. It's like thinking, it's kind of making you think outside the box on things that people shouldn't be worried about. You know what I mean? Let people love who they love. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I like about that. Cause it's, it can maybe like get someone who may be thinking about it in a different light in a, in a, in a better light. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's it's supposed to make the world better. It's supposed to make the yeah. world better. I think you got to go. I think so. Yeah. They're texting me. This was so fun. I'm like really glad we did this and I would love to come back and do more. I would love for you to come yeah. back and do more. That would be so cool. This was super fun. I am. Thank you so much for hanging with me. It means oh my the God, world. For sure. Thanks for having me come on. And we'll, we won't um, take so long to do another one. For sure. Maybe me and Jay Lee can come on and do an episode or me and Peter and Jay Lee or something. Yeah. Get me Jay Lee. Get me out. Get me Seth. Anyone, anyone on the cast wants in, you let them. Send okay, them my yeah. way. Send well, them we my can, way. Maybe we can do one together. Yeah. Um, all right. Are we done? We are done. <laughs> okay. Well, tell Emma I said hi. I'm bear hugging you. And thank you so much, Jeff. This was awesome. All right. How amazing was Jessica? So fun to talk to. She's been a part of so many amazing projects. Her story's great. Anyway, she's awesome. I hope she does come back to the podcast. I'm going to start working on that right now and bring some of her co-stars with her. That'll be a party. 
That'll be a party. Check out Jessica's podcast as well. XOXO, the official Gossip Girl Rewatch podcast. Also, head over to Twitter, hashtag Renew the Orville. If I'm introducing you to the Orville or you've been meaning to start to watch it, it's on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. It's an awesome show. It's one of my favorite shows. Definitely check that out. All right. Well, with the interview over, it can only mean one thing. That's right. It's time for another trending hashtag from the world of hashtags at Hashtag Roundup. Download the free, always free Hashtag Roundup app at the iTunes App Store or Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at Hashtag Roundup. Tweet along with us, and one day one of your tweets may show up on a future episode of Classic Conversations. Fame and fortune await you. This episode's hashtag, of course, inspired by my guest Jessica and her exploits on the Orville with John J. Lee. That is a romance for the stars. All right, so the hashtag then I picked for this episode is hashtag pickup lines in space. Brought to us by hashtag your it. McMahon's weekly game on hashtag roundup. Take a pickup line and just give it a little space twist. And you got hashtag pickup lines in space. Tweet your own. Tag us at Jeff DeWaskin Show on Twitter. I'll show you some Twitter love. But in the meantime, here's some hashtag pickup lines in space for inspiration and love. Hey, what's your name? Some people call me the space cowboy. Oh, that is a perfect hashtag pickup lines in space tweet to kick this off. You getting it? You feeling it? Have you ever made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs? I have no idea what that means, but it's so sexy. It sucked me right in. Hey, want to go back to my space station? Of course you do. <laughs> These hashtag pickup lines in space are guaranteed to work next time you're in space and you see someone. Here's, a, here's some more. You must be a phaser, because you're set to stunning. Ooh, gives me shivers. How did, <laughs> it's working on me. And here's another one. Hey, want to test out the Big Bang Theory? Oh, that is scientific and sexy. Hey, after this, you want to assist me in running a level two diagnostic on my thrusters? Ooh, these hashtag pickup lines in space, guaranteed to get your love in space. Hey, Saturn, give me a ring sometime. Ooh. Saturn is helpless against a line like that. If you heard hashtag pickup lines in space, you probably thought, oh, there's one thing that has to be here. And here it is. This is the one you've been waiting for. Hey, want to show me Uranus? <laughs> Get it? It's a plan. Anyway, okay. Hashtag pickup lines in space. Do you believe in love at first sight or should I orbit by you again? And our final hashtag pickup lines in space. The one guaranteed to have you going home, not alone. Hey, if I say you have a heavenly body, will you hold it against me? Oh, love in space. Classic conversations. We will not let you down. All right. Well, that ends that hashtag. They're all retweeted at Jeff DeWaskin Show. Pick the one you like. Use it. Let us know if it worked. Let us know if you go to a bar, use one of those lines. I need to know. <laughs> not in, necessarily in space, but, you know, just... Try it anyway. Why not? What do you got to lose? All right. Well, with the hashtag over, the interview over, it can only mean one thing. That's right. We're at the end of another episode. Episode 168 has come to a close. I want to thank my very special guest, Jessica Zor, for an amazing conversation. And I want to thank all of you for coming back week after week. It means the world to me. And I'll see you next time. 
listening to this episode of Classic Conversations. If you like what you heard, don't be shy and give us a follow on your favorite podcast app. Also, why not go ahead and tell all your friends about the show? You strike us as the kind of person that people listen to. Thanks in advance for spreading the word, and we'll catch you next time on Classic Conversations. Classic Conversations.